Hi there, and welcome to episode four, The New Hope, um, <laughs> which you'll uh, understand shortly. You're listening to F&B Soundbites, a podcast on hot topics, trends and challenges for professionals in the food and beverage industry. I'm your host, Hamish McCook. So it seems today that viruses don't just pose a risk in the real world, uh, but also Digital viral attacks are creating major problems in the food and beverage sector. We've seen in the media in recent weeks successful attacks on clients within our sector, within our region. So it's really a, a big problem and an increasing problem as well. But uh, for me, the challenge is that um, you know, digital technologies also present clear opportunities for the food and beverage sector to improve in many different ways. You know, but frustratingly, the more we try to utilize the tools, perhaps the greater potential risk that there is as well of cybercrime occurring. So um, I, I thought it was, would be really interesting for me, and I, I hope for you as well, to talk to someone that, that really understands what's going on in this space. So today we're talking with Jonathan Sterling. Jonathan is a senior associate in our systems engineering division and lead in our security consulting team. He is also a Star Wars nut, which is where the New Hope reference came in. Jonathan has worked across a range of business and government sectors and has seen the rise and continued evolution of, of these digital bad actors and attacks throughout his career. Uh, so again, I thought it'd be most useful to have a discussion with Jonathan about this, to understand it a little bit more and understand how we... You know, we can still lean into these digital opportunities before us without actually increasing the likelihood of some of the negative implications as well. So for me, that's a, a real important dichotomy. So Jonathan, uh, welcome. Thank you. Jonathan, from my vantage point, all medium to large organisations in food and beverage within the regions we operate are very aware of the threat posed by cyber attacks and they have developed defences, fortress-like defences and um, and it's always, um, for me, it's there's always the visible um, challenge provided by the IT department um, with respect to anything that might actually potentially infringe on their security. So that's positive for them but can you tell me and help me understand why are we still seeing so many successful attacks and, and an, actually an increasing number of successful attacks? What's going on? Oh, thanks, Hamish. Yeah, so former FBI Director Mueller said he's convinced that there's only two types of companies, those that have been hacked and those that will be. And as, as you've alluded to, we're seeing more and more high-profile companies in the group, those that have been attacked. As to why, there's kind of a combination of the ever-connected systems and that kind of stuff. Data is now being recognized as a key attribute in manufacturing systems as well as everywhere else, and it has real significant value. So people are putting in new systems to get access to this data, but as they put in these new systems, you're actually also exposing the systems to, to the internet, to the bad guys. Building on your, your fortress mm -hmm. analogy, I say mm -hmm. some of these new systems, yep. they're, they're rock solid. They form that part of that outer wall awesomely. Mm -hmm. They're the ones, the IT guys, they go nuts about, they, they love them. But some of them are kind of a little crumbly. Some are prone to crumble at the first touch and provide a foothold or easy, make it easier to scale the wall, the wall going from one device to another device until all of a sudden they're inside and have breached an organization's security. And another part is people. People are very trusting, not as a bad thing. Bad guys are taking advantage of our people and saying, hey, stealing their credentials. 
in your fortress analogy, you're stealing yeah. their, their cloak and trying to break into this the fortress or Trojan operations, which is kind of sneaking a, a packet or some bad data inside or putting something inside that cart of good looking food that's going into the fortress to sneak inside and therefore gaining access to inside the fortress without being detected and going on to cause havoc. You're saying we're seeing increased interest in digital technologies from for, from people with good intentions and those with not so good intentions and that you know within any system there are, there's a range of risk levels based on the technology and approach and 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 the systems or lack of them as well so I, I know that many of our listeners will not be particularly interested in the detailed technical aspects of cybersecurity. So some may be, and for those that are, um, they can always get in touch with you directly, I'm sure. But for the remainder, can you just take us through the high-level principles that companies should be considering with respect to their cybersecurity? Yes. Yeah, so Hamish, I've, I've kind of got 13 high-level principles, yeah. um, but in the interest of yeah. um, people's time and understanding, I just want to pick on three of them, um, which is okay. segmentation, suppliers, and least privilege. So, so just pick on the first one, which is segmentation. Think of segmentation as an egg tray. Each mm. kind of egg has its own little individual buffer zone around it, so that if something happens to the tray, I mean hands up anyone who's accidentally knocked a tray of eggs off the bench. Um, hopefully there's enough protection around all the different eggs that you only kind of break one or two. So cybersecurity language or the IT language, it's around having separate parts to the, to the network. So you've got your production, you've got your finance, you've got your procurement systems. They all need to talk, but ha- allowing them to talk through only critical control devices. So if something happens in one device, it doesn't take down the rest of them. What we've okay. seen recently is a lot of places actually going, someone's broken into some part of my network, I'm going to shut the entire system down just to be safe. Okay. And that then actually means the impact is a whole lot larger. Whereas if you've got a a trusted security gateway between the different segments, you can kind of almost turn that gateway off and know that the rest of the network is safe and carrying on producing, maybe in a a limited manner, but at least still getting product out the door. Um, So we've got um, principle one is segmenting and keeping different parts of the business that are connected, but enabling to be separated as well. So notwithstanding an ERP system that overlays everything, it's the ability to actually keep them separate enough to reduce the risk of cross-contamination from an attack. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So that's the first principle, well, one of the 13. What about the next one, suppliers? So picking your food and beverage analogy as well. Yeah. Um, if if you're if you're a baker and you're bringing in flour, you're trusting that supplier to give you just flour to not have any bad stuff in it. And then hopefully you've you've looked at that supplier and said, yep, we trust them. We trust their processes. We we test what they're giving us at certain points to confirm it is just flour, so that the the loaf of bread or whatever you're manufacturing throughout the system is is known to be good. Now. In cybersecurity, there's been a number of examples where it's actually been the suppliers that have had impacts on on a, on a business. Mm, okay. uh, Tar- Target in America is a, is a really interesting case study. So targets like the warehouse here in New Zealand or Kmart in Australia, yeah. kind of a big mixed goods provider. They had over 100 million credit card or debit card details stolen. And that all came from when a supplier from them 
refrigeration yeah. contractors um, okay. login and password was stolen. And that really? led to this massive breach. Yep. He got the bad guys got into the system through that. There was, wasn't the segmentation that needed, and they found their yeah. way to the um, point of sale systems, stole mm. all this credit card information, obviously spent up large on everyone's yeah. credit card. And the, the result was actually the CEO ended up losing their, his job. And so there's a kind of uh, a massive impact from you're trusting one of your suppliers all the way up to the kind of head of the board. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Hey, and um, the so the the potential risk to your business from a supplier, um, it's a great connection between you know what we do in food and beverage every day and and the IT systems as well. So um, exactly the same thing. And in, from a, a food supply perspective, there are a whole bunch of protocols that go into play to ensure that working with suppliers who are reputable, but then also that their daily, weekly, monthly activities and deliveries are trusted as well. So it's much yeah. the same thing for suppliers of your systems. Yep. And so uh, yeah. suppliers, suppliers that do maintenance on your systems, suppliers of the components that form it, the controllers and that kind of stuff, the suppliers of your cloud computing systems. So cloud if you're computing. looking at, yeah. Yeah, if you're looking at outsourcing some data, to someone else's server farm, um, be it a Microsoft, be it a Amazon, doesn't matter who it is, you need to have that same level of trust in them and their ability to protect your valuable data and protect the access that they have to your networks as you do in, again, and you need to look at the same as you, as you do in the who's providing you that flour and that, that kind of yeah. the ingredients. So yeah, it, you need to consider it very similar. Okay, well, that's cool. So suppliers are critical and you know there's a, a need for a robust process for managing those suppliers um, on an ongoing basis to ensure that your business is going to be safe. Okay, um, great. What was the third one, Jonathan? A third of 13? Um, yeah, so the other one is kind of an interesting one to me as well. It's least privilege or just-in-time access. And so th- think of this as like you've got a little uh, supermarket or something. Least privilege says, hey, why would you let customers peruse the shops if you're not there? For example, you lock the doors at the end of the day to so that the bad guys can't get in when you're not there supervising. In a, in a manufacturing okay. scenario, this could be, why would you let your supplier reach in and change your production systems when it wasn't in a maintenance period. Why, right. why not limit that down to say, hey, cool, is this, we know what the supplier is going to do. We know why they're there. We know yeah. the window that they're in and we know that they're not going to disrupt, I suppose, the manufacturing line that's running at the time. Um, so that if you can segment it in time as well, then at least you kind of get a bit more confidence in the system that, hey, no one's accidentally switched a valve when yeah. uh, you're, and, and taken taken flour from bin A when it needed to be from bin B or whatever, or taken some, something unknown and contaminated the line. And therefore, if you, if you kind of can do that, you can limit down the exposure to any cyber event as well. Okay, so least privilege is that yeah. sort of the concept of, look, if you, rather than giving someone access to your system, you can send them a packet of data that's lower sort of access, but still maybe meets that minimum information requirements. Is that? It, it, it's more around g- giving them only the access that they need at the time okay. that they need it. So for example, your supplier only gets access to the parts of the system that they maintain. 
going back to our target um, story, why did the supplier, why could the supplier get through to the point of sale system? He's a refrigeration contractor. Let's lock him down to say he can only touch refrigeration systems and then add in that just-in-time access and say he can only change that refrigeration systems when we've asked him to come and do some maintenance on it. Um, mm. And that would have just locked that down a whole lot tighter and reduced that impact. Yeah. Okay. Um, now that all makes sense, actually. So um, we're only really skimming the, the peaks of the waves on this, aren't we? Because there, there's a lot more to it. Um, and even in terms of those high-level principles, there's a 10 that, that that you could talk about that we didn't actually go through um, in our discussion. So that's that's been really good. Um, Jonathan, any, any final advice before we uh, close out for our listeners today? Yeah, so taking it back to our, our Star Wars analogy that you started with, like oh, yes. there is there is there is there is hope here. Um, <laughs> there, this, this data is valuable, um, but just as businesses look to add in these digitally connected systems, um, just being aware that there's this increased risk from cyber attacks comes together at the same time. And so those risks need to be considered together as part of the project. And there's, like I say, there's, I've got 13 mitigations you could put in place. You could use one of them, you could use all of them, but just consider those but don't stop a process because of that that fear of the the, uh, the cyber attacks. But actually, put in the appropriate security and controls. But go forth and do it because there's there's some real advantage in digitally connected systems. Fantastic! Hey, thanks very much for that, Jonathan. It was a pleasure. Just uh, and just to summarise uh, my understanding. So we we talked about the the potential threat, the increasing um, uh, threat and frequency associated with digital attacks. Um, but there are some things you can do. There's um, from a high level the number of different things that can be done and and, and three strategies that can be useful uh, includes segmenting your infrastructure your digital infrastructure um, in such a way to reduce potential for cross cross contaminating effects of an attack getting your supplier base right and working closely with them um, and also the, um, the the concept of just-in-time access and least privilege access as well so I think that's really good and I do like the way that you connected back to that Star Wars reference at the end so thank you very much for that as well so um yeah, great. Thanks, Jonathan. And um, thank you very much to our listeners for joining us as well. I hope you got um, um, a lot out of it, as I did. I look forward to bringing you another episode of F&B Soundbites. Until then, as we say in New Zealand, hi da and farewell. Mm-hmm.